La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou-glou-glou font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding-ding-dong. Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille. Rugby friends and welcome to a new edition of the French Rugby Connection podcast with moi, Véronique Landieu, and with moi, Tom Dixon. Tom, and I believe you're on your way to London because this weekend, finally, the crunch is happening. <laughs> the crunch is here. I am on my way to London, but sadly, I have to report I'm not going to the crunch. I, I don't have tickets. But also, I got slightly confused with the timing of the match because I've got family duties, very pleasant family duties. Mm -hmm. I need to be with my mother on the south coast of Sussex for a Saturday evening. And okay. on an 8 p.m. train out of Twickenham, I'd be lucky to get there by midnight, which doesn't yes. go down well. Uh, Not very well. No, I'm sure. No, mothers, yeah, we have to pay attention to, to our mothers. That, that That's for sure. So let's talk about Le Crunch. Le Crunch, you know that last time that France won against England was in Do you know the, the date? I do know this, but it depends whether you mean in an official competition or in a friendly. In the Six Nations. In the Six Nations, I believe it was when Monsieur Lashvili kicked lots of points in 2005. 100% Yakvili. And <laughs> you know, was part of, of that crew as well as Dominici. You know, when, when French players used to play well <laughs> at that stage, afterwards I, I, it became a bit of a nightmare situation. I, I half remember it, but I did hear an anecdote, that I'm not sure whether it's true, that Yashvili went to buy a kicking tee at the Twickenham shop and used that to beat England, to kick his points to beat England. Um, so I don't know what the story is there. Maybe he lost his luggage with British Airways or something. But, well, but that's a good anecdote. But that's a long time ago. France have been very strong to go all the way back to 2005. Yeah, years ago. And uh, like you mentioned, Dimitri Yagvili, I think I've got his mobile. On my <laughs> I should give him a quick ring to ask him for his opinion. But he was really the hero of the day. And he kicked uh, six penalties. Ah. And the final score was 18 to 17. So, yes, that was the last time. So, time for, for payback. Or payback time now. Well, two years later, France did beat England at Twickenham. But that was in a, a friendly match, as if there's such a thing in rugby. That was a warm-up match to the World Cup, where France mm -hmm. beat England at Twickenham as well. But that's when people are trying out new combinations, so it's, oh. so it's not in competition. And But, do you know how many times England won versus France? I don't know. Obviously, you have to start <laughs> off with 50-50 as your starting point. <laughs> I would have thought that England is slightly ahead. Yes, yes, they met 31 times, England won 17 times, France 9 times, but however, mm. they were 5 draws. So altogether, you know, yes, you are right, England won more often. And under Fabien Gatier, unfortunately, it's what we call it in French, une, une épine, une aiguille dans, dans, une épine dans, dans la, oh, I don't know what you say. A thorn in, thy, in their side. 
How do you say that in French? I don't know. I've never heard of that. I just remember the Eurythmics song. <laughs> okay, but... I need to, I'm losing my French. I'll have to search very quickly before the end of this podcast. <laughs> but yes, on the very, very close, but we haven't won yet in Twickenham. Maybe because maybe some action of the referee, but of course we will never ever criticize the referee on our podcast. No, but the, the, the home advantage is because of the crowd singing "Swing Low, Sweet Chariot," not because referees. I'd never, I'd never cast aspersions on referees. They are you sure that? Uh, are you sure that we can still sing "It's a Chariot" on? <laughs> I know we're not meant to, are we? It's. It's, yes. it's, it's meant to be banned, but it was very loud in Cardiff last week. So yes, because uh, it's a, it's a slavery song, and I believe it's Dalaya has been banned, you know, from yeah, from, <laughs> from Cardiff. I think watch this space for, uh, but I'm sure English supporters will always sing that song. I, I wish they would ban the national anthem or change it because it's a terrible song. They ought to have Jerusalem as the national national anthem to differentiate it from the Scottish and the Welsh and the so. But hey. And I really like your idea. What a wonderful idea! Because yeah, when you hear that anthem, obviously you know the yeah, rugby comes straight to your mind. You associate rugby with public school, with old England and warm beer, and you know what I mean. <laughs> but yes, and if we were to replace La Marseillaise by a French song, what do you think it could be? Oh, I, I I would like a song that's not in the French language. It is uh, Le Se Canto, which is sung in, it's not Catalan, it, it's the Longa Doc. Le Se Canto is a big rugby song around lots of the south of France. Oh. And it's a love song, really, but it, it's a good sing-along one. Oh, we'll have to look for, for it. And uh, for me, I quite like, you know, La Vie en Rose, but maybe because I'm romantic, <laughs> because I'm a, I'm a woman, I'm passionate, I'm French. What else can I say? So <laughs> you say, but self, self-declaring yourself as passionate, I think that's for <laughs> other people to judge. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so let's talk about, yeah, the game. The game, bad news regarding the French team already, Jalibert. He's been injured this afternoon at in Marcoussi, yeah. so it's very unlikely he's going to play. So, who do you think we have? The, the team hasn't been announced at the time we record this, has it? But Lekip is saying that there's a probable. Com- mm-hmm. It is hit very much by injuries, surprisingly, mm-hmm. at this stage of the season. But the the centre pairing of Tamak and Dupont will keep it running. Mm-hmm. Uh, Correct. The Lekip are saying that we've got a front row of. By Cyril, by Marchand Latia, mm-hmm. the the props have been changing a bit through injuries and bans because who has got another stupid red card? Is the only person to receive two French cards in the in in the Bleu of France. Wow! But hey ho, there we go. Gary Toulouse was called up briefly, but it's gone at the moment to Latia. So good luck to them. I think the scrum will be a key part of the game, as it is every game. But France is starting slightly under strength in the scrum. Who have you got? Do you do you want to do you know the second row? Do you want to guess the that? second row. The mm. second row. Not too sure, but yeah, tell me more. There, well, there's Loughborough Fifth's finest, uh, Ibo Flamand. Of course. A favourite. And Villemse uh, mm-hmm. is is accompanying him. Mm-hmm. Um 
Then yet covering for injury, we have Francois Crow coming in. Yes, another Toulousain yes. into the team. Greg Aldrich is massive number eight. And Charles Olivon, sometimes captain, although mm-hmm. not this time, completes the back row. So that's a strong and surprisingly experienced scrum by French standards. Uh, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that'll be an interesting time. Yes. So then we have, of as course, we would expect, the. Yeah, in French, we call it la charnière. The How hinge. would you call it in, uh, in, in English? Is it the center half pairing? Yes, it, it, I would say. Yeah, that's, that's it's old English. Right, yes. It's, it's, it's mm-hmm. old, old rugby. Oh, <laughs> call it the number nine and ten. Oh, <laughs> yes. From your school, I remember you were saying you went to that school that where the we, prime minister went to. He only was. Uh, oh, gosh, yes, indeed. We played Winchester football, which predates rugby football. And is a slightly different game. So, but yeah, the numbers don't match up, certainly. And <laughs> a scrum is called a hot. So you would right. have a hot half, which doesn't really work. So, anyway, luckily we're doing mm-hmm. the French rugby connections and not French yes. Winchester connections. So, yeah, but okay. Two. Yes. Yeah, so, so, can you guess who we've got on the wingers according to L'Equipe? Oh, I bet we got the wonderful. Yes, and your boyfriend, Peno. Oh. My boyfriend, I beg your pardon. I, I've heard you talking so highly of him. No, I, I think I'm a player. Come on, come on. Oh, okay. Um, so, so we've got uh, Penno and Demortier on the wing. They're going to be a very interesting players, aren't they? They're polyvalent, they're strong, they can stand up mm-hmm. to tackles, and sometimes mm-hmm. you even see them jackling. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now, the centre partnership is interesting because we don't really know what's happening there because we saw Jonathan Donti play last weekend back from injury and for La Rochelle and he was looking quite strong enough to play at least part of a test match don't you think mm-hmm. yes so, so good to see him back at the moment the the, the keep is saying expect the wonderful guy Fiku man mm-hmm. of the match last week and Moefana who has been doing pretty well this season but is is not a donty by any means and the back for, I believe, the seventh consecutive selection, which is quite unusual for a fullback, is Tomás Ramos. Yes, yeah, because we know why his experience. Melvin Jaminet would have been a good good choice as well. But again, you know, it's, yeah. it was the choice of Fabian Getty and, and staff. Yeah. So, so very interesting. That would be borderline a bit boring, don't you think? It's not really trying new things. It depends what will be the gameplay of Steve Borswick. What do you think? He only, you know, took up the reign yeah. a few months ago. Yes, they lost to Scotland oh. on the first day. They won yes. against Italy on the second day. That's it. Yeah. And on yeah. the third day, they were away to Wales, where they won spectacularly. Sorry, Mike Pierce. But hey, and then this weekend, fourth day, England against France. The crunch. This is what we live for. There's an argument that mm-hmm, this weekend could be mm-hmm. one of the most exciting weekends of Six Nations rugby that we've seen in decades. It's already turning out to be a most magnificent tournament. But Italy, Gal, Italy haven't won at home. Briefly, when was the last time Italy won at home, Veronique, Mrs. Stats? 20 years ago. Not quite. No, less than that, I think. Did they, did they beat France? They did, but since then... In 2013, is the answer, they beat the, what is now the mighty Ireland. They beat Ireland 22-15 in March, 10 years ago, 2013. 
Right. Um, we all know they beat Wales last year with a fantastic ending. And they've been extremely strong this year, really playing good, good games, even against Ireland. Putting 20 points on Ireland is no mean feat. That was last weekend. So this weekend, Italy against Wales. We know Italy can beat Wales, but Wales will have a lot to prove. They've been having an awful season, with an awful lot happening off the pitch. But they will be hungry to win to make up for last year's muster. And this weekend, there is no Capuzo. He's, I know, he's injured. He's off injured, and he actually single-handedly brought about the victory last year. But there are other good players in the squad. I don't, they're not Capuzo-reliant. So that's going to be a really interesting game. And either side could win. Mm-hmm. But it's likely to be Italy. It's quite possibly going to be Italy redefining their signing in modern rugby. England against France. There, there's been many articles written saying that France are off their peak. They're not in disaster zone, but there's a partial decline of France. Oh, come on. Last year, you know, people were saying, oh, have they peaked too early? And look, they, they won. But yeah, they're a bit tired, I have to say, because we we mentioned in all, in previous episodes the top 14 mm-hmm. championship is a tough is a tough cookie. It's a tough one. Obviously, the 14th team want their best players to play most of the time. So it's a kind of, yeah, it's, it's a kind of catch-22. It is. And Hugo Muller was talking about that this week. Ireland won their match against France because France were exhausted at the end. Yes. They, they, they had so many minutes under their belts for this for play in season. All the players played hard. And by playing a really intense game, lots of kicking, so running up and down the pitch, it did seem to exhaust. Mm-hmm. So let me read you a quote from the Times. I am yes. the mighty Steve Jones. Oh, Steve uh, Jones, I'll probably see him tomorrow. Of course. <laughs> it says, and France, favourites for the World Cup, have been drifting, not collapsing, just drifting. Significant observers in France say the team is not right. Not as together as it should be, nor as mentally sharp. So that's a bit selection, a bit fatigue. And in selection, there's the problem that if you get a grand slam and you do well, you tend not to renew the oldies and bring in the new the, the new blood. So so it's a real chance this weekend for France to prove that wrong at Trickenham, at an away game. It's never easy. But again, it, it goes to the point that this could be a really exciting weekend of rugby. But moving onwards, the third game, Scotland-Ireland. Scotland are on fire this year. Ireland are going to be playing for their Grand Slam hopes. Scotland are going to be playing for their Triple Crown hopes. Scotland has never been so good. And you can imagine what Murrayfield would be like getting behind that national anthem with the bagpipes. will be fantastic. So in all of these, I think it's likely, we know who the favourites are, and it's likely they'll win. But... It could be a real upset on all three matches and it could rewrite our expectations. So yeah, very much look forward to this, dear listeners. Coupled with this, you have to say that the rankings from three years ago where the World Cup pools were put into place mm-hmm. means that so many brilliant teams are going to be in one half of the World Cup rank. So I can't I don't have the teams in front of me that come to the semi-finals, that come to the quarter-finals. There can't be, has to be eliminated out of France, New Zealand, Scotland, and Ireland, I believe. So, mm-hmm. so, so the World Cup may not be as interesting as we imagine, 
And this Six Nations Championship is being better than any in a generation. So enjoy it while you can and be optimistic for the World Cup because this is happening this weekend. And as uh, so I make the most of it, it's it's absolutely breathtakingly good. Mm-hmm. So, yes. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. So amongst the the English players, so you have a petit peu Jacques Willis with who plays for for your team. Yes. Yeah. Is, is he it, uh, is he becoming more French by the day, or still very very English? Well. We can, we can get onto the English players in France and how there's likely to be a bit of a stampede. Actually, English and Welsh players we can get onto. But yes, Jack Willis is brilliant. He's world class. He's it'll certainly be in the English squad for the Six Nations and the World Cup. But you asked me about the game that France can expect and both yes. selection. Mm-hmm. Marcus Smith plays his style of play is more reminiscent of the French joué joué than the English kick kick. Mm-hmm. And I suspect that if we are going for Aaron Farrell and George Ford, there will be lots of kicking. Later, you know, Marcus Space has been selected to play. I read uh, that today. Ah, uh, you're ahead of me. You're ahead of me. This is why you're in England and I'm in France. <laughs> yeah, it takes a little while for you to, to travel, hours, and yes, I believe, yes. Oh, that's interesting. Yes. So it may be that both teams are expecting a large part of the game to be interminable kicking and hope that the French decide to keep the ball in hand and attack as they did on Sunday night at Racing 92 that was one of the most spectacular games it was without the internationals so can't, can't pull too much from that but th- that's my main view is whether the teams are going to play boring and straight down the middle or mm. whether they're going to let it go or whether it will be 60 minutes of boring followed by 20 minutes of Go on, boys, go out and enjoy yourselves. Mm. So you're not too sure. Could go either way. Is it what you're saying? <laughs> yes, I'm not too sure. I'm not sure Mr. <laughs> Borthwick is too sure either. But, I don't uh, know. I would have to ask him tomorrow. Uh, yes. That. That, I'm sure I'm sure he tell me the truth. <laughs> or maybe yeah. not. I, I, I hope you managed to get a question, get it on air, splice it into the next podcast. Yes, of course. You know of me. Course. So, yes, no, it should be a, a very exciting game. Looking forward to, and he has been announced, Mathieu Jalibert is not going to be able to join the squad, unfortunately. Is he out for the World Cup as well? Is it the... I'm not so sure. It doesn't really say. Just said that he got injured today in Marcoussi, oh, right. which is a shame because I'm sure he would have been selected, you know, to play as a finisher. Yes. So. so my point about Jack Willis in Toulouse and mm-hmm. the exodus of players to France. Do you want to get onto that now? It is yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Yes. Real headache for our, our listeners in Britain, although ever more reason to listen to French rugby connections because mm-hmm. that's where you can find out about the England squad increasingly. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, the exception to the rule, starting with the exception, is is Zach Mercer. Yes, who's been playing brilliantly from Montpellier. But mm-hmm. he's going back to Gloucester so that he can be selected for England for the World Cup. Yes. And he, his success in France predates recent decisions. And the recent decisions are not so recent is that given the demise of Wasps and Worcester, yes. uh, fine traditional clubs with lots of history, England rugby made an exception and said, these rugby players have to have a job. The salary cap in Britain is in the process of being reduced, so they can't mm. get no other English club can take them on. 
so a whole load of them came out to France to play. And the English rugby union said that those players from Western Worcester who play abroad will exceptionally still be considered for the English team up until the World Cup. Mm-hmm. And this has benefited Jack and Tom Willis, who, Toulouse and Buddha Begler. Yes. Dan Robson is doing great guns in Poe. Mm-hmm. Curtis Langdon Montpellier and Paolo Odugu at Stade Francais. And, that, and that's for now. And then for next season, Montpellier is talking about Luke Cohen Dickey, Sam Simmons, Harry Williams, three extra players. Joe March mm-hmm. is being talked about in Stade Francais from Harlequins. And Toulon looking at David Ribbons and La Rochelle talking to Jack New, the winger of Exeter. And Courtney mm-hmm. Laws is, is checking out Paris apartments, apparently, for Stade Francais. So it's and in amongst this, Borthwick is saying that there is sources close to Mr. Borthwick insinuating that he would be open to relax the no England players can play abroad. And in Wales, they have had a, a law similar to a Gitu law in Australia. Right. Where it used to be that if you had 60 caps, you could play abroad and still be selected. And they have reduced that to 25 caps. Mm-hmm. So a fair few... Uh, Welsh rugby is in a terrible state with star players being asked to take a 90% pay cut, which, yeah, these are people with children in schools and mortgages. Yeah. So it's, it's an absolute disaster. So mm-hmm. I, it, it is looking increasingly likely that France will be a home for a very large proportion of English and Welsh stars, and possibly as it always has been, but for those who have already renounced their international career. And so this will be the podcast you'll be coming to to hear about how the English players are doing, which obviously is lovely and it's, it's great to grow the, the pod, but it is a new chapter in England's rugby and it is. rugby if this comes about. And it, what will it mean for international matches? The alternative would be that England has to create a team from those who play in England, which will be youngsters and inexperienced people who can't get the big money transfers to France mm-hmm. or once through that which you can say would weaken the national squad but it would rejuvenate it so mm-hmm. that's not necessarily the same as weakening it it will just change it and you could argue both ways whether it's good or bad oh that's why I love sports you know there's so many factors you need to take into account you know we're so many things can yeah. happen what did you say <laughs> we're living through history we are indeed, yes, we're making rugby history as well with the French Rugby Connection. We're leaving a, a legacy. <laughs> so in a few hundred years' time, you know, people can listen to us with a great interest, awe and amusement, I'm sure. So you talked earlier, you talked about the likely French squad. So I have, I have here, I've got 27 players that have been, you know, yeah, still Ooh. that have been selected. So forwards, so we'll have some Dan Cole, Ben Curry, Alex Pendant, Ben Earl, Ellis, Genji, Jamie George, Nick Esquiwi. Sorry for the pronunciation. <laughs> My turn now. Maro Itoje, of course. Lewis Ludlam, David Riband, Carl Sinclair, Marco Vinipola, Jack Walker, Jack and Jack Willis. <laughs> so, who do you think is going to to be selected? Is it? I mean, I suspect. I mean, I I, I would guess the usual suspect, but I may be wrong. 
yeah. I think this is not the game for Steve Borthwick to try new players or untried mm-hmm. systems. It's correct a question of finding strength in the pack. And I think, yes. as, as France seems to be doing as well, nothing too experimental. So, so I, I, I would expect no great surprises. Mm-hmm. You've already told me, we've already talked about the Marcus Smith, Owen Farrell, mispairing, unpairing, sequence of pairings. So I'm just, I don't know. I just look forward to seeing who's building out the national anthems and then getting down to it. Underneath yes. Twickenham Sun on Saturday evening. Yeah, well, and Bax, Bax, obviously, likely, well, likely, obviously, we'll have Owen Farrell, Henry Arundel, Oli Lawrence, Max Malins. Joe, I remember seeing, uh, meeting Max Malin when he was a young academy player in uh, Saracen. So, and I told him, one day, one day you play for <laughs> England. He said, nah, I said, yes, you will. <laughs> oh, well, Mystic Meg, Veronique, Joe Marchant, Alex Mitchell, Henry Slade, Marcus Smith, Freddie Stewart, Manu Tilajim, Jacques von Port Villette, and Anthony Watson. So I think you are probably right. You know, it would go for, for strength, consistency, experience. I don't think it will take any risk at all. Steve uh, Boswick. Yeah. Although he could do because we have lost the triple crown. We're, yeah, we're, we're not doing very well. The competition has gone from England's grasp. So they are allowed to try new things. Uh, France is playing for a strong second place to in the hope that Ireland fall down. So for France, any bonus point would help. Hey, do you know what's going to happen to the world rankings on Saturday? No, you tell me. They are going to change. If France comes second, they will drop two places in the world rankings because New Zealand and South Africa will go above them. And if France win on Saturday and Ireland win, I don't think anything happens. But if France win and Ireland lose, then France can be number world rank world ranking again as they were for that week last year briefly before ireland took them over mm, interesting it. it's interesting but it doesn't really matter because <laughs> come come november there will be a new world number one with their name on a big gold cup yeah um, so but it's yeah it always gives you a bit of enthusiasm and, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, Tom, you were you were born and bred in England. You are francophile. You've been living in Toulouse for over fifteen years. I assume you'll be cheering, you know, for 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 les Anglais. Oh, it's a tricky one. <laughs> I, I will be. I'll, no, but I chose to be French, and I I did all my applications to get my French nationality, which went through about six years ago. And also, I have known half the French team since they were kids. I remember as a bull boy because because of the Toulouse presence. I went through the England versus France under-21 final in Béziers about five or six years ago. And the French team won my heart then, again, because I knew them. And and if Dan Brennan is listening, our, our new French rugby podcast, Fan. Yes, he was playing in that game. I remember helping his dad find his seat. <laughs> so, no, I, I know the French team and I don't know the English yes. team at all. So, yeah. I'm, I'm afraid I am for the French team. It's a special match. Okay, hopefully you won't receive too many complaints. <laughs> <laughs> From my mother. Yes. Dear listener, I shall be watching this match with my mother. 
Oh dear. Okay, that would be interesting. Yeah, be be nice, be nice. And the other way around, you know, some of the players that feature on that that sheet, like Maro Itoji, I remember having a chat with him at Saracens uh, Rugby Club yeah. at an event when he was, uh, I mean, pre-cap seven years ago, was talented player, but who would have thought that he would have won over... I don't know, it's what, on 50, 60 caps by now. Max Malins, I mentioned him as well. I've got a few interesting pictures with him at, uh, at an event. And Ben Earl as well, former Saracen. And Jamie George. <laughs> so okay. let's say that the Saris boys are the ones that I yeah. have the most knowledge of. That, that's for sure. But may the best team win. And uh, all I can say is, because it's called French Rugby Connection Podcast, c'est Allez les Bleus. <laughs> Allez les Bleus. <laughs> Top 14 is still going strong and congratulations again, Tom. <laughs> Indeed, the top 14 is going strong and at times it's been more exciting than could have been predicted. But your congratulations is referring to the fact that in our last podcast two weeks ago, I predicted seven home wins in the top 14 and I predicted the three Six Nations victories. None of those were complicated or magic. They were all very predictable. And I got 100%. There were seven home wins, and the Six Nations winners were predictable, which indicates a slightly boring day of rugby because you want upsets and you want closeness. But top 14 happened again last weekend. There were some fantastic high-scoring games. Mm. Racing 92 against Toulouse on Sunday night was one of the best games of the year, if not several years. There's five tries apiece. It's partly because of the artificial surface they play on, speeds things up a bit. But it is fantastic. And try of the year as well when Toulouse did a 90-meter run. Um, so there's no top 14 ahead of us. The the leaderboard has changed slightly. Francais and La Rochelle have switched places in number mm-hmm. two. Perpignan has lifted itself off the bottom a bit. Yes. But on the whole, Toulouse have come through the Dublin period extremely strong. They did very well. Winning away to Racing 92 was, was very unexpected. And as I said, a wonderful match. So and what, I have uh, to say congratulations for Montpellier because after suffering uh, many consecutive losses, finally they backed the win. So well done to Montpellier, the clapicista, Philippe Saint-André and his team of players and, and coaches and staff. Bravo. Bravo Montpellier indeed. So then, so we've got two weekends of Six Nations that we shall be reporting on with bated breath. Then Top 14 comes back again on the weekend of the 25th of March. And then we have a European weekend where I am off to the Stadium de Toulouse to watch Toulouse receive the Vodacom Bulls, I believe. Oh, exciting, so a exciting. Bit, a bit of South African rugby comes to Yes. <laughs> so, rugby friends, I hope you enjoyed our podcast. It's been very exciting talking about the international rugby and the top 14 and the future of top 14. This Saturday is going to be an absolute cracker in all three games, but the crunch is without doubt the main one. So uh, sit down, get your pints in, uh, yell at the television screen, go to the pub, go
Okay, tchou tchou. OK, merci beaucoup. La pendule fait tic-tac, tic-tic. Les oiseaux du lac, pic-pac, pic-pic. Glou, 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 font tous les dindons. Et la jolie cloche, ding ding dong Mais boum, quand notre cœur fait boum, tout avec lui dit boum. Et c'est l'amour qui s'éveille.